Welcome to Breaking the Underdog Curse for Chiropractors. I'm your host, Dr. Don McDonald, author of the best-selling book, The Underdog Curse. We give vitalistic chiropractors a chance to learn from the best around the world, discovering how they overcame their challenges and achieved success. In order for chiropractic to thrive, we must have thriving chiropractors. Now listen up, it's time to crush the curse. Hello, podcast listeners. We're very excited to announce the release of Brandy's new book called Sipping Brandy. And this is a compilation of over 300 of her top Facebook posts over the last like four or five years. Um, She's grown a huge following on Facebook and just helping chiropractors communicate the message of vitalistic chiropractic to their practice members, keeping their practice uh, patient-centered, and also just some inspiration to keep chiropractors uh, going and their staff. Many people are using this as their staff meeting inspiration, where they'll go through and pick a post, and then they'll discuss it at the end of the staff meeting. Um, If you want to check out and get your copy of Sipping Brandy, just check out uh, Amazon.com, or it's available on Barnes & Noble. So I hope you uh, can pick up a copy, and hope you enjoyed the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Breaking the Underdog Curse for Chiropractors. This is Dr. Don McDonald, your host, and uh, today I get to go down to Illinois. I I don't think I've been in Illinois before, so the show is in Illinois, and it's called Batavia, Illinois, and I've actually never been to this town, but apparently it's right close to Chicago. Um, My special guest today is a graduate of National Chiropractic College. I don't even know what's called that. I think it's called National Health uh, I wish I was a medical doctor. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's just me. National University of Health Sciences now. Okay, that's what it is, National. Yeah, yeah. And in uh, 2013, and um, I'm super happy to introduce Dr. Dave Hansen. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Dr. Don. That's, uh, it's a pleasure. That's cool. So um, it's kind of neat. We got to meet you. I think I met you really for the first time, I think, in, uh, in Boston. You came to the Shift Immersion Day, right? That's exactly yeah. right. It was uh, two years ago. Two years ago. That's crazy. And, yeah. and when did you first uh, meet Brandy? So it's actually kind of funny you mentioned that. We, we renovated our office here recently, and I'm going through all our old notes to see what we want to keep and what we don't. And I, uh, I found the epic impact notes from when Brandy spoke. Oh, no and, way. Uh, yeah, it was cool. I'm keeping them. Um, <laughs> did they didn't get thrown away? Cool. No way. No way. <laughs> and uh, I got to keep those. Uh, it was cool because... Um, I remember you know, the epic impact events are always big and well done and everything. And it was, it was a great thing, but Brandy, I think she spoke on the last day and she just blew me and, and my team away. And we we're just like, Oh my God, who is this person? And, um, last time I, I saw your wife a few months ago at the, uh, in, uh, Scottsdale, uh, she pointed out that I, we had only seen each other in person like three or four times, uh, which is kind of funny because her, both of you guys, your, your presence in my brain looms much bigger than your presence in my physical reality. So, uh, it was, a uh, very, a cool thing that you got to invite me onto your, your podcast here. So oh, that's awesome. That's cool. So, um, like I like to do with all my guests is, is really kind of find out how you even found out about chiropractic in the first place. What got you into this yeah. mess? <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, it was funny. I, um, I hurt myself at the gym. Basically, I was crossfitting and I overdid it. And uh, I, my, my MD thought I tore my rotator cuff and would need surgery. And I didn't want to do that. I was like 23 or 24 at the time. And somebody else at the gym told me I should go see a chiropractor. And I had no idea what a chiropractor was. And I went in to see him. And he was checking me out. I was like, oh, your shoulder's fine. You just have a rib that's stuck. So he adjusted my rib. And my 
three months of excruciating pain was like 90% gone after one adjustment. I was like, oh, <laughs> tell me more. And uh, so I just became a regular patient and um, I hated, hated my job at the time. And uh, one day he said, you know, you should be a chiropractor. I was like, yeah, you're right. I should be a chiropractor. And I told my <laughs> wife that that's what I want to do. And uh, she was fortunately very cool about it. So we sold our house, put off having kids and I went back to school for Holy, so you actually, you kind of, you graduated high school and then you just started working? No, I had, a, you, I had a bachelor's degree in marketing. Um, oh, no way. And, uh, yeah, I had a, a, a corporate job. I sold IT equipment to Fortune 500 companies for five years uh, oh. before I quit my job. Yeah. Wow. So you're a techie guy. I, you know, I, I pretend to be. I got my <laughs> fancy microphone here so I can. I know. Like, that's good. I, I only have enough tech just only to run my podcast and then I don't know how to do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty cool. So you had a marketing background and then, yeah. you know, that's kind of like, that must be a little bit stressful to like, you, you, you went to school and you know, you probably had maybe some student loans or something like that. Did you have some loans from going to school? Not really. It, it was kind of a, an, it sounds weird to describe it this way, but um, I was unfortunately really good at the sales job. Oh. Uh, and I say unfortunately because I, I hated it. It wasn't a bad job. It just, it just wasn't the right thing for me. But uh, because I was doing really well at it, um, how could you quit? You know, right. they quit when you stink at it or you're, you're failing. But um, so I, I stayed there for, for five years just because of, I didn't know what the heck else to do. And at least this was paying well. Right. So, um, yeah. But I got to the point where I was driving down the interstate to go to the office. I would literally find myself praying that I would get hit by a truck. So I wouldn't have to go to work. Oh, I didn't want to die, but I did want to get hurt bad enough. That I didn't have to go to the office. Just That's slightly like, maimed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what a dark place to be, you know, like what a, what a cruddy place to uh, be spending your, your day. But I just had no clue what else to do with myself. So. That's it. Well, and that's kind of, well, again, I guess if it gets that uncomfortable, but you know, just, it's kind of a little bit, feels a little bit scary to be able to like have, you know, paying good paying job and then all of a sudden go back and then be a student. Like, yeah. Yeah, it, uh, but it was, it was one of those things where while it was a huge decision, it was very clearly the right one. Yeah. Um, so it was not hard to pull that trigger. Um, mm -hmm. So we, we really jumped on it pretty much immediately as soon as the thought got into our, into our heads. Okay, so how did you pick your school? Uh, geography. Uh, yeah, so that happens really, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my, my, I, I was still relatively new to chiropractic even as, as a patient at that point, and my chiropractor was a Palmer grad. So he really wanted me to go to, to Palmer and was really pushing uh, for that pretty strong. And um, my wife was a, a tenured teacher at the time. And so that would either mean she'd have to quit and start over wherever I was going to school, or we'd have to live separately. And neither of those seemed like options that we were willing to deal with. So um, yeah, I went to National, which is only 45 minutes down the road. So oh, that wow. became a very um, obvious solution. And uh, it was not, I guess I don't know how to compare it to a more principled school because I didn't experience that. But um, I actually had a really good experience there. Uh, I met a lot of really wonderful people and uh, learned a lot about physiology and things that I don't necessarily use in practice, but were still fascinating. Yeah. And uh, whether they meant it to or not, it just echoed the intelligence that our body has and they, that needs to be respected. So they kind of unintentionally had a very, give me a very principled education. 
Well, it's so funny how like it depends on your glasses you're wearing, right? Like if you're right. open to that, you're going to, it's like two people will listen to the same seminar talk, right? And they'll get totally yeah. different things out of it depending on what they're at. So, so you're always looking at that. Now, when did, did you always have that um, concept of the human body that it was, it was self-healing and pretty amazing? Or did that kind of develop over time? That, that developed over time. I, um, when, I was, when I was working at my quote-unquote regular job, um, I was um, real out of shape. Uh, you know, I was a scrawny kid in high school and I, I didn't weigh myself until after I graduated college, I put on 40 pounds Ooh, like, wow. <laughs> without exercising. So that was pure body fat. Um, it was crazy. Not pure and, muscle. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I was when, during that time of my life, when I was working, I, I was like, I got to do something. And that's where I discovered, uh, eating paleo and, and CrossFit and all these other things that kind of, um, opened up that world to me. Um, and so I was pretty big into nutrition and, and fitness and things when I went to school. So I, I, I kind of had a growing appreciation of at least our uh, responsibility and take care of our bodies and our health. Mm, cool. So, uh, so when you first graduated from that na- um, national, were you kind of more on the pain based side or, or when, cause I know right now you're quite vitalistic and, and, and where did, how did you, how did you graduate <laughs> or how did you start? Yeah. Oh. Great question because it was um, going into school. I mean, the chiropractor that I that I had been seeing at the time was very vitalistic and very um, you know true to what chiropractic was and, and is, and um, so that was my thought process going in. But you know, when when all the voices that you're you're hearing are, are otherwise, um, that's just kind of it's hard for that to not take root. And even though that's I wanted to be a principal chiropractor, I kind of lost. I had no idea how to do that. I guess is what I'm trying right. to say. Yeah. I found a management company or a coaching company that um, I was kind of desperate because I was getting close to, to graduation and I was introduced to these guys. I was like, okay, sure. Here, here, take my money, help me. And um, as I was getting close to graduation, I was tra- even drawing out layouts for my offices and things. I had physio beds and, and all these things that like, I'm like, why am, why am I doing this? I have to do this. And um, it just wasn't, uh, wasn't going the direction I intended. And, um, I think it was like a week before graduation, uh, a friend of mine who was also a chiropractic student, his wife somehow got uh, a recording of uh, David Jackson and Tony Ebel doing a call to introduce Epic Pediatrics. And I was like, well, that's, that sounds like everything I've been looking for. And so I, I signed up uh, with them and it was, I always tell people it was as uh, close to religious experience as you can have outside of religion. Uh, <laughs> just when they were explaining like, this is exactly what a subluxation is. I was like, ah, that's what it is. And it makes sense. And this Great. is the science behind it. This is what an adjustment does. Like all the, like the basic stuff was just laid out and mm-hmm. um, it became very, um, very clear uh, what I needed to do and, and how I could, have the practice that I would always, it was like a thought in the back of my head, it brought clarity to that. And so I owe a tremendous amount to, to what I, what I have today from what I learned right at the end of my student uh, career. Cause I was going one direction and did a 180 pivot in a different direction. So that's kind of cool. So you had your mindset kind of shifted before you even opened practice. Yeah. Yeah. Right before. And, um, it was also kind of everything came together at once, uh, before I, I found, um, Epic, uh, just through Googling for objective chiropractic findings, I came across uh, CLA's substation. And uh, I was like, well, that looks really cool. This is a, an, an actual way to measure what we're talking about here. Yeah. And I got in touch with uh, David Fletcher, who, as you know, is a, a wonderful human being. And um, uh, their whole 
grew was. And so just walking me through what that process was, what their stuff does and how I can use it uh, was huge for me. And um, just the way my brain works, I'm an amiable analytical person. So they offered me a way to put a number on all this thing that like I wanted to understand and help people with. That was very, very appealing. So I dove into that head first. I went to Total Solutions and have been very closely connected to them ever since. That's good. And so did you open practice with the substation? Like, did you have that right away or did you add that in after? No, I had that uh, right from the get go. So mm. uh, that was, uh, that was awesome. I can't, I can't imagine doing it anyway uh, else. Yeah, that's funny. Same thing with me. Like when we opened up practice, we had substation right off the bat. So people mm. always ask what it's like. And I'm like, well, I actually don't really know what it's like not to because I've actually never practiced without it. Right. <laughs> and it's been quite a while. So, so when you open practice, did you initially become like uh, start as an associate or did you open up your own practice or what did you, how did your beginning your career start? Yeah, no, we, we opened right from the get go. Um, um, we always knew that's what we wanted. Um, I, I definitely see the appeal of being an associate first. Um, we just knew that that was not going to be where we'd be for long. So we might as well just go for it. And um, yeah, so we uh, found a, a great place right from the beginning there. And um, I, there's kind of two schools of thought when it comes to opening your practice, you start small and you, you know build out and grow and increase your space and things, or you just, go big and act as if. And so that's what we did. We had a 2000 square foot office and oh wow, and, and no, no patients, just me and my wife hanging out. Uh, so that was a very, um, very, very scary, uh, scary time, but it worked out. Okay. Well that goes, let's go right back to that though. Cause that's, uh, that's awesome because you know, you got chiropractors out there that we listen to the podcast that might just come on. I, I just need to get a little boost to my practice. Right. So, so yeah. maybe you can give them some pointers when you start from zero. So what did you start doing to get people in your office when you start with zero? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, honestly, I think I'm, I don't know if I'm the right guy or the wrong guy to ask that question because we, we didn't do a ton and um, we, you know, when we first had our, our soft opening, when we were there and technically functional, I mean, nobody was there. And like, we were kind of like joking, like, I hope nobody wants to pay us because I don't know how to take money from a person. <laughs> <laughs> and, that um, sounds like me when I was first started too. Right? Like, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> Fortunately, we figured that out uh, quickly. And then when we had our grand opening, we got a handful of new patients from that. And um, it was just a very slow growth process. We, we've We've known nothing but growth. Everything has been a very linear uptick. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the beginning, especially, it was slow. It was a slow grind. And that, I think, that used to really bother me mm-hmm. that uh, we are not the quote-unquote new patient machine that I've got friends that are will get 60 to 80 new patients a month. And I'm like, oh, I got I got 15 last month. And uh, I must yeah. be terrible, right? Right. And no, it's just a different, different uh, way of doing things. And um, because the, the people that do find us are, are awesome and they, they know what we are offering and they're in and they stick around and um, uh, for a long time and refer lots of people in. But um, we, we were able to build off those few people initially really just by telling stories. Um, mm-hmm. when, we, when we first started, I'd tell other people stories you know, their chiropractic successes. And then once I had some of my own, I just, every time somebody was laying down, I was like, oh, I got to tell you about this patient the other day. And um, if I knew they had a kid, like, well, this story is going to be about ear infections or ADHD because probably their kid is dealing with one of them. Right. And one didn't land, I'd try another one. And eventually something would click. And like, oh, you know, I should get my kid checked. Like, yeah, let's set something up. And um, that's really how we, we built it from just digging into our own families and, and their friends. 
Well, and I guess that's one way. Cause if you're, if you're not kind of actively kind of getting out in the community and, and cause you're, you're kind of a quiet guy, right? Is that, is it, was yeah. that kind of, was that kind of uncomfortable for you or did you just never thought of doing it? Or was it just kind of like, I don't really want to go out and do talks or go and do screenings or something like that. We we've never done a screening. That's about the most uncomfortable thing. I think someone could ask me to do, even though yeah. I'm sure it is a great thing to do. Yeah. Uh, we did workshops. Um, we did those about once a month uh, for like the first year or so before I got a little, uh, just kind of mentally burned out because it was a different topic every month and just writing them that often was, was a burden. Yeah. Um, I, I never, I still don't really enjoy that public speaking aspect of it. Uh, unfortunately, it's a, uh, my my staff and my patients tell me I'm good at it, um, so we we keep doing it uh, because that is a. Uh, I feel like you have a responsibility to to speak outside of your your practice to um, let others know w- that this is an option. And if we look back at um, all the kids that we've seen as a result of doing those, because we see a lot of kids, most of our workshop are geared towards kids. Um, uh, how dare I not uh, do things like that? Because there are hundreds of kids that would be in a really bad place if we didn't. Right. So that's something that even though it's uh, uncomfortable, you got to, you got to keep doing it. Well, and, and that's actually probably a really good lesson because there's lots of chiropractors out there who, who absolutely are terrified of doing screenings. They, they're terrified of doing talks. Um, but then they're super frustrated that they're, they're not growing as fast. And so I think yeah. that's probably the, you know, the law of cause and effect where if you are uncomfortable doing that, you just want to really make sure that you, like you said, you're telling good stories because you're really good one-on-one, right? You feel more comfortable just having one-on-one conversations. Right. Yep. Yeah. And so you'd be like, that's why your systems would be so good inside your office because every single person you come in, you're like going to give them every different option of any different person that might be able to benefit from chiropractic care so that they can be your little referral hubs for you. Right. Right. And then have patience, right? Because if you just got super frustrated and said, and I've seen this before chiropractors where they're like, geez, I'm not growing. And, and then, so me and Brandy will ask them like, so what's your plan and what's your marketing plan? And what are you doing? And they're like, I'm not doing anything. Yeah. Then you're like, well, you, you, go. Yeah. You, you haven't, I always say that for, and you haven't earned the right to be frustrated yet. Right. You, haven't, you haven't done it. So, so that's cool. So you started mostly with all the internal, internal stuff. Yeah. That, that, that's always been our, our, our bread and butter. Um, I'm a numbers junkie. Uh, I know a lot of chiropractors don't like looking at numbers. I don't understand that numbers are, are a wonderful thing. Um, so, <laughs> All the analyticals out there, they're like, yeah, yeah uh, just cheer, right? <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I look at the last time I had it pulled up, which is probably yesterday, uh, I think <laughs> 4% of our new patients come in from referral, uh, which is great uh, because that's uh, for us, that's a very natural and easy thing to do. And uh, we have a couple of you know things in place to try to make that uh, give people the opportunity to refer people in, but it just kind of naturally happens. And uh, those people are always, great new, new patients. Cause they already know and want what we have to offer. No, hundred percent. So, um, let's talk a little bit. You should talk about, you got a little burnt out. Let's, let's talk about the other part of, of practice where sometimes, you know, chiropractors out there feel a little bit burnt out. And, uh, and I know you've probably experienced that a few times yeah. say with burnout and then maybe just go through some of the examples of burnout and then, and then how you, how you dealt with that. Cause some people might be out there right now just feeling with a little bit of burnt, dealing with burnout. Right. Well, I guess the first time we, uh, or I experienced that was um, a couple years ago when I started to reach kind of my personal plateau of how many people I could see in a week. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, you know, everything else that comes along with it, uh, you know, all the behind the scenes stuff. And then when you're actually during patients, it's just nonstop, kind of a frantic pace. It's just, it was just bad for my brain. And so I, I really... <laughs> Our practice did take a bit of a hit there where I, I just kind of crashed and uh, we saw our, our number of people were seeing it. it took a little bit of a dip and my 
fatigue just kind of took over. And that's when um, we made the decision that we needed to bring in an associate. And it worked out really, really perfectly where um, a friend of mine, actually the friend uh, whose wife brought, told me about Epic, uh, Epic Pediatrics, uh, he had his own practice less than 10 minutes from my own. His name is Dave. Well, all the best chiropractors named Dave. But, <laughs> and then right behind that, Don. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. It's close. It's close. Uh, but, uh, and I was like, what do you think? You know, would you want to, you know, kind of merge things together? And uh, he was totally for it. He was, he's a wonderful chiropractor. He just didn't like all the other stuff, you know. And like he, the numbers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He just wanted to be done when he was done taking care of people. And so it really worked out perfectly. We, were, we just merged our offices together. His patients just came on over. And uh, so that was just about a year ago um, that uh, he joined us. And that's been great. So we've, you know, a huge increase to our capacity, which was awesome. And then um, because of we now had two doctors, our physical layout in the office needed to be tweaked just for that to be more efficient and for us to have four adjusting rooms, which is what we wanted. Um, everything had to be moved. Uh, all the walls, everything had to, just, oh, no. <laughs> at least a little bit. Like it's yeah. so frustrating. Like I have to move this wall one foot over. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so our renovation cost twice as much as our original build out. Oh, and, geez, um, yeah. yeah. So that was fun. And, um, you know, we we're still seeing patients at the time, and as wonderful as our contractor was, it was really challenging to uh, deal with like half of the space when the whole point is this was we needed more space. Um, so that work really just finished a few weeks ago, <laughs> but trying to navigate all those things was was super challenging. Um, I'm still working on the bathrooms. I like to do the bathrooms myself, which was I'm kicking myself for making that decision now, but. Um, so that was a huge thing that, uh, got put on our shoulders. Then kind of at the same time, uh, my wife had, um, a very unexpected health issue, um, where she spent most of last year dizzy mm -hmm. and, um, unexplained dizziness is pretty much always something scary. Yeah. And especially when I would go to adjust her, um, nothing changed. She had zero symptom relief from her dizziness and, you know, we help people with that all the time. Right. And her, for her to have no reaction to chiropractic care was super frustrating and kind of alarming. Um, so we had to rule out, you know, brain tumors and all the scary stuff. And then everyone we saw kind of just shrugged their shoulders and had no, nowhere to point us, which was also frustrating and scary. And uh, my wife, uh, to her credit, figured it out on her own. This was coming from her TMJ. Um, nearest we can figure out when she was a little kid, she jumped in a pool and hit her chin and I get some stitches. Nobody thought anything of it. Well, it turns out the little disc in your TMJ got dislocated and just never went back to where it was supposed to be. So it's been bone on bone for 30 years and wow. that vibration from the bone on bone just finally caught up to her and she experiences dizziness, no jaw pain or anything, just dizzy. And, um, you know, through the CTs and MRIs and everything, you could see how it was just breaking down. So it's just all degenerated in her jaw? Yeah, just completely degenerated. And now like you can see how like one side is shorter than the other. Now that like we're kind of shining the light on, it's like, oh my gosh, your jaw is kind of goofy here. And wow. um, we, she found, again, she figured this out. She found there's is one surgeon on the planet uh, who fixes that. And um, he's in Florida. And uh, so he had to take some belly fat and inject it in her TMJ uh, to create a new disc and then wire her mouth shut. Um, so her mouth is wired shut for about a year. For uh, a so year? 
for a year, liquid Ooh, diets. And, uh, my wife is a thin lady. She doesn't have a lot of weight to lose. So this is a, that's a challenge there that she has a uh, liquid diet and trying to keep up with calories and everything. But it was, uh, so that was obviously a, a huge stressor and remains a, a huge stressor. Um, not only because of what it is, but um, for a long time, we didn't talk about it because uh, we kind of didn't know what to say uh, to people. You know, she's struggling and I have no idea why. Right, and, yeah. um, so that was a, a, a huge thing, um, both personally and, and professionally, that uh, really took a, a hit because not only um, is, you know, my wife suffering when I get home and she's a primary caregiver for our kids. Uh, she had a lot of responsibilities in the office. You know, she's, we call her the out of the office manager. And all of a sudden she wasn't able to do all these things. So she just couldn't think when she was dizzy. Right. So it was, uh, it was the, uh, the year of being stretched thin uh, for my, myself and my, my staff and, and, um, and my wife. And fortunately, you know, she's, she's had the surgery and the dizziness has been gone since the moment she woke up, which is wonderful. And now we're just dealing with more of the recovery side of things. So it's, everything is great and um, going in the, in the right direction. It couldn't have gone better. Um, but it's, uh, we're all just really tired. No doubt. One of those things that, you know, hits you after the, the trauma is over where you just finally, you feel the weight of that burden you've been carrying. And mm -hmm. uh, I feel bad for my staff because I've been grumpy for a long, for months now. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't know about you. I, I can keep working physically and mentally through pretty much any, any strain, but my ability to socialize, it just, it just shuts down uh, when I, <laughs> when I, when I'm overloaded. And so um, fortunately they're very understanding people. And uh, I, I really do feel like I've got the best staff and they've been so supportive. And we're, we're finally ready to where we can turn a corner and, and move forward and um, kind of leave all this nonsense behind us. Now, I just, just, I'm just asking you a question because it just kind of rings bell for me is that, um, did it change your perspective on, on how you explain chiropractic? Because for, for example, like I always thought, you know, cause chiropractic helped me with my asthma and, and it helped me with certain conditions. And, uh, and then like my best, one of my best friends at, at the time, or it's probably, I think it was about eight or not, well, no, it's longer than that, probably 10 years ago. Um, got diagnosed with ALS and I was one of the ones that kind of found that out. And then when I realized that chiropractic wasn't really treating conditions anymore, it, I had, I had this kind of little feeling where I, I he actually, um, Rob actually texted me one time and kind of almost gave me crap because in my mind, I wasn't going to be able to fix that. So I stopped going and adjusting him as much. Like I kind of gave up and he's like, dude, you need to still check me <laughs> because I still function the best when I get checked, even though you're not going to cure me. Um, did, 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 cause I know sometimes it, you kind of get, uh, you sort of lose your confidence in, in chiropractic. If, if something like that happens, did you experience any of that? Yeah, a bit, uh, yeah. especially when we didn't know what was going on with her. Um, mm. you know, I saw this as my problem to fix. Totally. And, um, and, and I wasn't, and, uh, we sent her to different chiropractors. It was like, maybe I'm doing it wrong. And she needs to see somebody else. And in the meantime, we'd have people come in with like the same symptoms. And right. They'd get better. Right. And my wife wasn't. And I was like, what is going on? And, um, you know, in, obviously limitations that matter, right? And so yeah. once we had some clarity of what was happening with her, it, it just kind of put me in my place a bit in, in terms of, um, you know, this is a separate thing that needs to be dealt with in, in its own way, but I still have a very important role to play in, in not only this, but just her overall well-being. And 
where would she be if she wasn't uh, getting adjusted regularly? If she was just a regular person out there who's dealing uh, with this without uh, a husband who's a chiropractor. Um, mm-hmm. you know? um, so that would have been a whole different thing, but no, it's been very clarifying and it's led to a lot of um, really great conversations with our patients uh, where it, may seem like a quote unquote failure until you really kind of explain things. Mm-hmm. And um, it really just solidifies just how important our role is in, in the the bigger picture, not just um, with our TMJ. Well, and I think too, I think like, and I found personally, it, take, it, just, it took a lot of stress off of me because going through that experience, I realized right. that, uh, that I'm not the fixer of things. And so I, again, they, we always talk about chiropractic, take no credit, take no blame. But then, and, and so from maybe like a, maybe more of a mechanistic chiropractor, they'd kind of say, well, that's like not taking responsibility. But on the other aspect of it, it's like knowing that we're still doing the best and, and then the body's going to heal, but everybody has a different, a different potential, right? Or there might be something yeah. different going on, right? So I found, and I don't know that you might be still, it might be fresh for you, but it might be down the road where it just gives me more clarity when I'm explaining chiropractic to people. And I'm telling them there's no guarantees. Like, but we know when we optimize function, you'll function better, but we don't know exactly what everything will go away. And people are totally cool with that. Like when you're right up front at the beginning, because I think so many people have been promised things in the past and then they, they, and then they are become skeptical now when you promise stuff. Right. And then it's also stressful for the chiropractor because the chiropractor is like, man, I better, this better pull through. (laughs) You know, (laughs) well, you you take on a responsibility for something that you have no responsibility over. Right. uh, It's uh, not only very, uh, peaceful. You, you have a lot more confidence when you, um, you know, stay in your lane, like you said. Yeah. And it's cool. Cause then the, pa- then the patient understands and then you understand, and then you're kind of working together and it's not like, yeah, I like, I like how that goes now. Um, and so what have you been doing right now then to, to rebuild? Like, is, is there, has, has there any, been any practices or anything that you did to kind of help your, help yourself kind of get back on track? Cause that does take a big toll on your body going through that stress. Uh, to, to be honest, no. Um, and this is something that um, is a, a constant, it's something I've been aware of for some time that I need to be better of, of taking breaks and, and stepping my foot off the gas uh, instead of just go, go, go all the time. I, I kind of only have uh, one skill, I feel like, and is working hard. And um, it kind of makes up for a lot of, a lot of, a lot of weaknesses, I guess. But um, no, I, I feel like we, we, we definitely need to, um, my force, my staff has forced me to take some time off in, in a couple of weeks for my birthday. Good. I moved patients and just said, you're, you're out, you're not welcome here. Um, so <laughs> that's good. <laughs> yeah. They've given us a long weekend and then we're taking our first vacation since opening practice in July. And, um, I talked to my wife about how I'm going to, um, sit down with my staff and build in, uh, to 2020 my time off. Um, so it's already booked out. So I can't, you can't back out of it. Yeah, exactly. So that's, uh, you know, I got two little kids at home and, um, just a couple of weeks ago, um, I was here working on something late and, uh, my, my son FaceTimed me crying, um, because I wasn't there to put him to bed. Yeah. And, um, I was, it just, that was very sobering and I, I won't lose that, that image that my son was just so upset that I wasn't there to put him to bed. And, yeah. uh, so never again am I going to not be there to, uh, to put him to bed. And I never want him to um, to look at what I do as, as a chiropractor is the thing that's keeping me from from attending to his needs. Right. So we, we are we are in process of, of addressing this, this personality fault of mine. 
uh, of, of not, uh, not taking time off to recover. Well, I'll give you recommendations. I don't know if you've listened. This will be for listeners too. Have you ever heard the book Peak Performance? No. Okay. I can't remember who the author is, but it's called Peak yeah. Performance. And um, if you take a look at it, that might be something good to read on your holiday. Because again, okay. it's, it's a lot about rest, right? You need a balance yeah. of stress and rest. And we know that. And, and they have so many different examples of athletes and business people and all that kind of stuff and how they excelled their performance by taking more rest. So that might be something that, that you might want to, I'll, I'll, I'll shoot it to you after the interview so that you got, you got a copy of it. So that's cool. All right. So now that we know starting today, you're going to look after yourself. This is see, this is like a, this is like a, an accountability call. Now we've yes, exactly. shared this with thousands of chiropractors around the world. So you can't even back out of this now. Give my email to all of them and uh, <laughs> email me in a month, see how I'm doing. <laughs> That's awesome. So um, now I want to talk a little bit about, um, about the substation because because yeah. you're, you're, you're kind of uh, one of your, your skills in your workaholicness is, uh, is being amazing at, um, you know, explaining the scans and stuff. So I was wondering if you could just talk about your, like kind of your education under the, with the substation and kind of what you've learned and how you've implemented that in practice. Yeah, it's something that um, I think just, uh, it just fits with, with my, the way my, my brain works where I, I need to have some objective data and, I need to be able to explain how A gets to B gets to C. And, and the insight, it was such a, a valuable tool for me there. Um, I learned a ton about it directly from CLA, uh, right when I, I got, got the thing. And I learned even more at Total Solutions. I learned way more about chiropractic at Total Solutions than anything else. And then um, Epic Pediatrics dove deep into the scans and what they mean specifically to kids. Uh, but probably the biggest thing that, that has helped me grow with this is um, uh, Facebook and you know the CLA insight page and just being able to go over scans whether I'm sharing stuff myself or I'm confused or just wanted to it's a cool case want to talk through it or trying to help others even if I, I don't have an answer you gotta like, give it a shot and be a part of the conversation and see if you can bring some clarity to things but um, it my favorite thing now used to be the thing that scared the heck out of me when somebody, uh, a patient like a, we call it vitality patients, but most people call them wellness patients. Yeah. Uh, but somebody has been under care for a while, if we scan them and it looks bad all of a sudden, something goes quote unquote wrong. Yeah. And um, that used to scare the heck out of me because I'd be like, you know, what did I do wrong? Or what did I not do here? Uh, why does this not look right? And, um, what continues to blow my mind is every time I show this to them and let's say the HRV took a dip, like what happened here? It looks like, you know, your stress has just overloaded you since last scan you. There is always a reason, always a reason. Never once has the scans not looked the way I expected it to. And there hasn't been a reason if you just ask. And not only at these moments where things don't look right, not, they're not bad times. They lead to the best conversations. Right. Uh, as I can explain exactly what's going on in their life, how that's affecting their physiology. And I can show them that I can find it without them telling me about it. Mm -hmm. And that gives them so much faith in not only what we're doing uh, and about what the scans are telling us, but uh, it may, maybe they didn't even want to bring this up because uh, they didn't want to talk about it. But all of a sudden we were having a conversation about something that is obviously has a huge impact on them. And um, it's just led to the best conversations. And um, so I always kind of get excited when a, a scan looks wrong because I know there's something going on. I know we're, we're not going to miss it. 
Now, um, I just, because this is a good point, and we find this a lot when we're working with people, you know, through the vitality shift and all that kind of stuff too, is, is, is a lot of times people get the, the scanner and they use it like in a pathological model. And, yeah. and can, you, can you explain that a bit? Because, again, you'll get some people who they'll, they come in and they're in horrible shape, but their scans look good. And then, yeah. uh, and then, or the same thing happened is that after like the second reval, the scans get worse. Can you explain the difference between looking at it as like, it's not a, well, you're not, it's not telling you where to adjust and, right. and when the scans are good, doesn't mean they're necessarily good. Yeah. And that, I mean, that was us in, in the beginning is we were like, okay, C2 or you have ear infections. C2 must have a problem. And I just, <laughs> yeah. What do you say when it doesn't? Right. Yeah. And uh, so it's, you know, we started very cookbook with mm-hmm. it, you know, and very, um, you know, uh, you know, this wire leads to this organ. So that must be where the problem is. And we expected to find it that way in the scan. And obviously it doesn't work that way. And it's been an, an evolution um, uh, as we go through this, through not only being connected with CLA, being connected with people like you and Brandy, um, but even just with our own experience with patients, where when things don't look the way that you think, to not be afraid of that, but to lean into it and explore this. Cause that's really where your own understanding comes from. Mm-hmm. And, um, I see it a lot on, in, on the CLA Facebook page where, um, people kind of forget what they're measuring and they, they need to go back to the basics and uh, chiropractors have a tendency to get kind of ethereal, right? You know, where it's yeah. this, the EMG that's measuring the flow of energy. Well, it's measuring millivolts of electroactivity in your paraspinals. That's what it's measuring. <laughs> that's brain and body connection well it's paraspinal temperature differential that's what is measuring right and so if you remember what it is you're literally doing uh you get a lot of uh, room to interpret that right um so a lot of times when i when i'm trying to help people explain what it is they're looking at that's really what we just come back to is like well what are you really doing here and what is this really saying because um, you know, the same set of scans could mean 10 different things to 10 different people. And um, the way you introduce those scans on the first visit and the way you explain to them on the second visit and, and throughout care, um, that's, that's how we explain chiropractic is, is by explaining the scans. I was wondering, and just for fun, I've done this before, but if you're up for it, um, sure. just if, I'm a, if I'm a new patient and, just, and I'm just interested in what the scans are, how do you, how do you explain the scans? Oh, I've got a monologue. I've said it like the same way, like literally 2000 times now. Okay, then, then you shouldn't forget um, it. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I always uh, ask them if they've seen a chiropractor before and, you know, regardless what their answer is, I say a lot of chiropractors do x-ray. We don't do anything with that. Nothing, there's anything wrong with x-ray, of course. Um, but we're much more interested in looking at the neurology and because that tells us how everything is functioning. So we use this, uh, scanning technology, which lets us see exactly how that neurology is working. And so I you know, bring out the, the three different scans, the thermal, the EMG, and the, and the HRV, when just tell them exactly what it measures. So the thermal scan, roll this up your spine, and it's looking for a difference in temperature on either side of your spine, because your brain's in charge of everything your body does, but it's all locked away in this quiet, dark skull. There's no way for it to do anything. Send messages through your spine and out the nerves to different parts of your body. The, of the many different things those nerves do is skin temperature. So if the skin temperature is not regulated to a nice balanced temperature, that means something is not happy neurologically. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's important for us to find those areas because there's something going on between uh, miscommunication between your brain and your body. 
So that's your thermal. The EMG measures electricity. So we're trying to see how efficiently you fight gravity. Uh, if you're in pain, I can't measure that. Nobody can. Pain's something you experience in your head. But we can see if you've got the type of physical terrain that is going to be comfortable or not. So uh, if you're fighting gravity efficiently, not only are you going to probably be more comfortable, it means you've got more energy left over for everything else your body needs to do. So it's really important for us to see what that's doing way beyond just the biomechanical. And then with heart rate variability, you put your hand on this little sensor here, it's gonna do that for three minutes. And we're looking at subtle variations beat to beat because what that tells us is how well is your body adapting to the world around it. I like to simplify this down to just uh, think of it as an amoeba in a puddle. How long that amoeba is gonna live and how successful it's gonna be along the way has to do with how well is it adapting to its environment. It's same for you, you're just more complicated. How long you're gonna live and how successful you're gonna be along the way has to do with how well you're adapting to your environment. And the wonderful thing is we can measure that. So we're gonna do all three these scans on you today and then when you come back, you get copies of everything, explain what it all means. Talk about what we, what's been going on to get you to this point where you're at now, but more importantly, what we need to do going forward to not only help you with what you're experiencing now, but maximize your health in every possible way that we can. That's awesome. That, that was a short version of it. No, that's uh, good though. That's good. Um, but it, 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 it's, it always takes the conversation away from whatever symptom is bugging you. Right. And, and opens it up to like, well, now I'm really curious as to what those scans are going to show. And if we can leave them feeling curious, then um, the, the second visit's the easy one. When I find too, it also, it also um, I find when you're explaining the scans, it actually evens out the, the responsibility line, right? Because yeah. when you don't have objective measures like that, all the responsibility is on you to fix that person. But what right. this does is it opens up the, the conversation, like you said, to, to realize that like, like Brandy always says, you can't out adjust a, like a, a horrible, uh, lethal lifestyle, right? Right. You, like you, she has the fish analogy where you give it mouth to mouth and throw it back in the toxic pond. Like it, that brings that conversation up so that they can um, learn that they have a certain responsibility in the healing process. Right. right? Yeah. Now when you, what's, give me an example of uh, maybe somebody in the, in the CLA form that had some questions or what's the most common question you, you find with the scans? Uh, the most common one uh, is, is this HRV scan valid? And, yes. that one, and that one drives me crazy because it's a, it's, it's a, it's a simple, such a simple question. Um, but, um, again, it goes back to like, do you know what you're measuring? Right. You know, if, uh, if you, if you look at like this, you know, the heart rate graph and there's big flat spots on it, no heart rate was measured there. So that doesn't count. Um, <laughs> but, um, it, besides that little technical glitch, um, yeah, it's, it's probably heart rate variability is the is the one that is um, the least understood, which is which is a too bad because it's the most profound and what it means uh, for people. Um, you know, it's I guess it's the most complex because it can be if, you know, affected by medications and sometimes it doesn't look the way people think. Um, we had a new person come in yesterday who feels awful, but the HRV looked great. And uh, I'm like, well, that's awesome. That's not confusing. This is great. That just means they're going to heal quicker. Uh, they're, they're, you know, they have a lot of resilience. So this is, that's awesome. And that's a great conversation to get to have. We get, sometimes we get used to having, you know, like you're close to dying conversations. Yeah. And um, you know, it's almost gets confusing when somebody looks relatively healthy when they come in. But that's the clarity that we get from doing a scan like that is, is a person even a place where they can heal or not? 
Because if somebody comes in with sciatica and the HRV looks like crap, this is going to take a long time. If somebody comes in with sciatica and the HRV looks awesome, like this is going to be a piece of cake. And um, be able to set those expectations is uh, so valuable. Well, and it's funny, and I have also, I've seen the, the opposite way too, where I, I just had a, a reval I just did yesterday, actually. And all the vital signs were rock star. Surface EMG was rock star. Thermal scan was rock star. Everything had totally improved. You couldn't even, he was like nine inches from touching the floor. He can touch the floor first time in his whole life. Like everything was better. And his HRV was still at 46. And so these is where you bring these conversations up too, because I'm like, Cause, cause now I'm even asking stuff like, do you snore a lot at night? Cause like now we're looking at stuff yeah. like, like, Hey, do you maybe have sleep apnea yeah. or, or how much do you sleep? And then we got into right. conversation that he has an elderly dog with the elderly dog wakes him up because he has to go pee every two hours, every single night. Right. So, okay. so, so, you know, so it's, it's really cool because you can kind of go in and say, look, Hey, like everything else is coming around, but it's like your cell phone battery is just not taking a charge. Like what's right. going on in there. Right. And so and then for him to see how it's affecting, like if it wasn't for that, he would just be like, he'd be rock star right across the board. Yeah. But that is what's dragging him down. And now he's like, oh man, yeah. So it, it kind of really helps him to kind of dig into those things. Because I found that too, where everything else is awesome, but the HRV yeah. is still down. And that's going to be totally something in their lifestyle that they're doing. And again, like you said earlier, it, it gives you as a, the chiropractor such a sense of peace because you know you're not going to miss it. You know, uh, you will, you will get the indicator that shows that you need to ask another question, uh, because something is just not lining up. And, um, it's obviously not what you're doing with, with your care because everything else is getting, getting better, but something is just uh, preventing them from, uh, recharging as you said. And it's funny cause I like how you said it is the HRV valid. It's like taking blood pressure. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it, that's exactly, it's the same thing. Like if the guy's yeah. been running, it's going to be high blood pressure. Right. If, yeah. uh, you know, they're just running to an appointment and they're late and, and they almost got hit by a car, uh, before they got there, they're going to have, they're going to have high blood pressure. <laughs> right. But is yeah. it, is yeah. it, is it appropriate for the, the, for the, the situation? Right. So that's, that's, cool. and that's, um, we just had, uh, we, most of our patients, are kids, probably about half of them and the rest are, are the, the kids' moms pretty much. But then, um, we have a, a handful of, of older folks. Uh, yeah. come in here. And we had an older gentleman not too long ago who had been on high blood pressure meds for 50 years. And I said, why? I said, well, my blood pressure's high. Well, why is your blood pressure high? I don't know. Like, no one's asked you that question before? He's like, no. I'm like, that's a good question, though, isn't it? He's like, that's a really good <laughs> He started getting, like, ticked off. He's like, wait a minute. I've been on high blood pressure meds for 50 years. And I just explained when you're stressed, the blood pressure goes up on purpose. Yeah. And so you're taking pills to, like, knock it back down again. But your body obviously still wants it high. Why is your body want to hide? And in like three minutes, it just blew his mind. They're like, wait a second. You know, like, why did nobody ask that question? <laughs> um, so it, it totally, he just forgot all about the headaches that brought him in there. You know, he wanted to know like why his body is trying to, is under stress. Mm -hmm. and, um, so, you know, he's become a, a great patient, but we wouldn't have been able to have that question or have a conversation if we didn't ask the question. Yeah, that's so cool. Okay, cool. So I, I, before I end the, end the, the podcast, I always got to ask my Terminator question. Mm. So you, you, you know, just like in Terminator, I see there's a new one coming out right away. That looks pretty cool. But oh, yeah. you, you fly back in time and you can talk to yourself when you're like 20 or 19 or something. And you can, uh, you have an opportunity to give yourself some fatherly advice. What would you give? What advice would you give your, your younger self? <sighs> to relax. It's going to be okay. You know, it's one of those things that we, it, I really enjoy when students come to the office 
um, who are, you know, getting close to graduating because they're so scared. <laughs> and uh, I remember just how scared I was. And, you know, if, if, if what we have in our, our practice is something that people want, uh, it wasn't complicated and it was hard I and mean, we worked hard, but it wasn't complicated. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you just, you do a good job as a chiropractor. You stick to the truth of what you're telling people and, and you do, uh, you know, you take care of people and connect people with people like any good natured chiropractor would, it will work out. Like how could it not? How will people not refer in if you're getting good results and they're giving people a good experience? So just give yourself a break and let yourself breathe that, uh, uh, you know, success comes naturally if, if you work hard and do the right thing. So it's the, the right things are not that complicated. You just gotta, um, uh, keep rowing. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, uh, and then I'll just add this is that then if we take Terminator and I'll, I'll take your 20, 20 year older self older than you are now, and, and he comes back to talk to you right now, uh-huh. he'll say, make sure you follow through with that holiday plan. Right. Exactly. I was just <laughs> going to say, take, take another vacation. Yeah. More than once every six years is, is probably uh, a good, good goal. Totally. That's totally true. Okay, great. Well, I, I like to do all, always at the end of uh, every podcast, I just have my guests just kind of share their their parting words of wisdom to the chiropractors out there that might feel like underdogs or be a little stressed out or just want a little inspiration. What kind of things would you like to leave everybody with? Well, you know, I guess the, the biggest turning points that we've had for our, uh, in practice is when we, we go out and we, we try to learn, learn stuff from a new, new stuff, but from people in our, in our vein, you know, like I said, we had a lot of um, good experiences with, Within Epic, we had a lot of good experience. Within CLA, we had a lot of good experiences with, with you guys. And if, if you plug in with the right people and stay in that community, um, it's, it, you don't have to feel like an island. And and there's not a single challenge that any chiropractor has ever faced that has not been faced by a whole bunch of other chiropractors and, and overcome. So uh, if we can just freely share our information with each other, um, the whole profession gets elevated. And so. Uh, we've always been an open book. I, I've shared everything with everyone that's ever come to visit us and ask us for, for help with one thing or another. And uh, that offers continues for anyone uh, who, who's listening in. Um, but yeah, if we can all just support each other and um, push each other towards this vitalistic direction that our practice must inevitably go in, um, some really wonderful things will happen. So uh, thanks to you and, and your wifey for everything that you're doing for all of chiropractic. Well, and I also want to thank you for that cool picture you did with her new book, uh, Sipping Brandy with your office. Yeah. That was the, that was the coolest, the uh, tag picture we've had so far of Brandy's <laughs> book. So. All right. Yeah, <laughs> I was, was... going to ask you to say, Hey, for uh, say to say, Hey to her for, uh, for myself and uh, the whole team over here. We're all uh, big. All right. I will totally do that right after there. So, so thanks. Thanks very much today for being on podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. So everybody out there, just like always get out there and crush the curse. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you receive value from this episode, please take some time to rate and review us on iTunes or your favorite place to listen to podcasts. If you know a fellow chiropractor that could benefit from this message, please share it with them. Because it's my goal to provide you with great content, please contact me if you have any questions at drdonmcdonald.com or find me on Facebook. I look forward to hearing from you. So until next time, Dr. Don out.